Hey everybody, my name is Abby Wolin, and you're listening to this podcast on Sinai Radio. Tonight's topic, Statistics 101. We are going to do a deep dive into the most important numbers for any business. It doesn't matter if you're a man, it doesn't matter if you're a woman, tonight's class is so vital for the healthy growth of any company. So let's get started into the art of doing business. Last May, I asked my followers on Instagram, what is the number one thing holding you back from growing your business? I kind of knew the answer and what it would be, but seeing it written out right in front of me was pretty outstanding. Today, I'm going to share with you my findings and talk about how we can use this newfound knowledge to create a powerful mind shift in our business so we can crush all those goals we so desperately want to achieve. My name is Abby Wollen. I'm an artist, entrepreneur, teacher, and creative junkie dedicated to helping women create profitable action steps that result in more money in their pockets and more time with their loved ones. Women entrepreneurship has my heart and I'm obsessed with watching small business owners achieve their profit goals. When I'm not painting or designing business plans with my students, you can find me creating unique and engaging educational programming for the JWE, a nonprofit organization that supports Jewish women entrepreneurs and helps them start, grow, and scale their businesses. I understand the unique challenges Orthodox Jewish women face between managing their jobs and families and running a successful and healthy business. I want every woman out there to understand, wait, to know, to know that they can be anything, but they can't do everything. So if I were to ask you today, what is the number one thing holding you back from growing your own business? What would that answer be? And I think off the cuff, most people would say either lack of time or lack of funds. And if you were 16% of most people, you would be right because those two factors tied for third place. Lack of time, well, that's pretty easy to understand, right? We only have a limited amount of hours in our day. And if you're a mom, forget about it. <laughs> time is our most valuable asset. I always talk about the 30, 30, 30, 10, the most dangerous game women play. It's where we're giving 30% of our time to the kids and 30% of our time to our home or our husbands and then 30% of our time to our jobs or our businesses. And if we're lucky, we are left with at least 10% to ourselves. Women talk about balancing it all, but is that even realistic? Is that even possible? And it, And in my opinion, it's totally not. To keep shifting from task to task, it's like juggling and at some point you're going to drop something. How many carpals have we forgotten? How many appointments have we just not shown up to because we like forgot them or we double booked ourselves? You guys, you know what I'm talking about. I say let's get rid of the 30, 30, 30, 10 and let's go for 100. This means that whatever task you're doing, our full attention is on that and nothing else. 
And oh man, this is so hard because the ADD is so real. But I promise you, when I started focusing on just one task at a time, finishing that to completion, my efficiency went up like through the roof. And not only that, but I felt so good completing these tasks and crossing them off my list. Which leads me to accountability. If you want to be efficiency machines, you've got to get used to writing things down. Now, I personally love paper and pen, but heck, like if you don't like that and you want to use technology, just whip out your smartphones or whip out your regular phones or whip out your desktop. The tasks that need to be accomplished must get out of your head and in front of you. And I always say it's not about your morning routine. It's absolutely about your nightly one. How many of you toss and turn at night going over all the things that you need to do in the morning? I would venture to say that if I was in a crowded room giving this speech, 99% of the room would be raising their hand right now. It used to take me hours to fall asleep because I was creating a laundry list of items to do for the next day. And the anxiety that I would forget them just kept me up at night. So in order to cure my insomnia, I shifted my planning from morning to night. And before I go to bed, I write everything. No, like I mean like everything. Like task to task to task to task that I need to do for the next day. Like everything. I call this my nightly brain dump. And then I leave my planner open on the nightstand. So when I wake up in the morning, I know exactly what I need to accomplish in a timely fashion. Falling asleep never felt so good. And I'm not going to lie. It took me a couple nights of getting used to this, but it's been one of the best ways to supercharge my productivity and I'm now completely hooked. So tied up with time, people felt that the lack of funds were holding them back from growing their business. It's a catch-22, isn't it? So many of the women I work with tell me that if they got more money, they would be able to grow their business. And let me just say this, that was me too. When I first started my company back in 2009, I was working out of my basement studio. I had five wholesale accounts and I desperately needed more space, but I had no money to grow, right? I just couldn't physically get me there. So I went to EPI, which is called Emergency Parnassa Initiative, and I received a $25,000, not $25, $25,000 interest-free loan that got me out of my basement and into a studio space. And if you don't know who or what EPI is, let me explain. It's a Sodeco organization that offers interest-free loans to business owners who live in the tri-state area. It is run by Ravzisha Nobuseller, and I'm privileged to go to the loan meetings where people pitch their businesses to the board. I believe it's once a quarter. When I first got my loan way back when, I was the only woman that night pitching. And I'm proud to say that at the last pitch meeting in June, 60% of the people pitching were women. Isn't that amazing? Like, I'm so proud of us. I have tremendous Sakara Sato to EPI. However, I will say this. When they handed me that check, honestly, even though I had great mentors and I, you know, I had one or two mentors, they did hook me up with more mentors, but I really didn't have a plan and I didn't know what to do first. Like, I had a business plan. I'm not going to lie. I had it because you can't get a loan without it. 
but the steps, like my goal steps, the steps that I needed to achieve my dreams, like I, I knew what I needed to do, but I really, really needed a solid business plan. I needed handholding. And I, and I, if I, if I'm talking to most entrepreneurs here, you guys, I started my business with out of my passion and I'm sure you guys did too. And I lacked the formal business education and the skills to properly scale my business. And I'm thankful every single day that I had the mentors to lean on. But you know what they say, jump in and fail so fast because it's the best education money cannot buy. And what I realized after 10 years of growing my business and learning how to successfully scale it is that sometimes bigger is not better. Okay, so I'm diverting a little bit. So let's get back to my survey. (laughs) The second thing holding women back from growing their business. And by the way, I just want to go back for one second. Okay, now see the ADD is real. But I just want to say that we should totally do an episode about bigger is not better. And because I hear from so many women all the time that they just want to have a small business, but they want it to be running successfully. And so I love what I do. And I love being able to give back really good and solid content to help my community. Okay, back. Let's get back to the uh, the survey. So the second thing holding women back from growing their business is lack of clarity. 20% of women stated that not having a formal business plan or a clear understanding of the steps they needed to grow their business was crippling. I can totally relate to that because again, 10 years ago, I struggled with clarity for myself and I hate to admit it, but I struggled with this for years. It wasn't until two years ago when I said enough is enough and I need to fix what's wrong in my business. And I think that that is really hard for us to do, like to just literally rip off that bandaid because we are so good at pushing aside the bad stuff and hiding it where no one can see until it piles up so high that it falls over. Hello, how many of you have not checked your mail and you know what I'm talking about? We only face our problems when it's standing up in front of us and screaming in our faces. For me, I had four employees, but I was working 16-hour days. I was working lawyer hours without a lawyer's paycheck. I was the overworked, underpaid intern. And we go into business because we want flexible hours to work around our kids' schedules, earning potentials without ceilings. And as women, we especially want to work in something that we are passionate about. The problem is that without a real, and I say real capitalized, business plan, formal or informal, the business will have no long-term direction and you will continue to work in emergency mode, always putting out the immediate fires. A business plan gives not only the company clarity, but it provides a step-by-step plan for the founder and its employees. And you want to know the best byproduct of clarity? It's something most people wouldn't even think about, but it's called respect. Not respect from others, but self-respect. Respect for, for yourself. And when you have a plan, you are calm. You have direction. You feel in control. And when somebody asks you what you do or what kind of company you own, that's no that's, there's no babbling around. There's no talking around what you do. It's just clear and it's simple. And there is a message and people will take you seriously. And the best part, the best part is you will start feeling so good about yourself and what you do. 
I've watched this transformation multiple times with my students that I work with. When I help them create a plan and they implement it, their success stories are incredible. But what's most amazing, what gets me motivated so many times is listening to the sound of their voice, the happiness that they feel. I made that happen. I helped them gain that clarity. It's the same thing that I felt when I challenged myself back in January of 2017 to take my three months of drastically changing my business. It wasn't easy, but after three months, profits were up 10% and I was only working five hours, four days a week. Okay, so do you want to know what the number one thing holding women back from growing their business is? Drum roll, please. Did you guess it yet? It is fear. Fear of failure. What will happen if it doesn't work out? What will people think of me? Fear and mindset are the two biggest reasons businesses fail. Did you hear that? Fear and mindset are the two biggest reasons businesses fail. Isn't that sad? It's not the business plan. It's not the financials. It is 100% the mindset because we are our own worst enemies. Now, I asked the same women, if I could wave a magic wand and fix all of your problems, what would that look like? You would think that they would say confidence, right? No. No, it is not even confidence. You know what they said to me? They said it was more customers, please. More customers, please. More customers, please. I just want more eyeballs like checking out my business. And I find that so incredibly fascinating. Human nature is incredible, isn't it? Confidence. That is the one thing to get over fear is probably the hardest thing to gain. You can only build that muscle by actively going through scary, risky, and challenging times. Who in their right mind wants to do that? Okay, so I'll tell you who. Successful entrepreneurs. There's a lot of talk about hustle and grit, but you want to know what, you want to know something? They are so right. Get into business, jump in, and fail fast. Success is not straight up, straight on the road, going up the mountain. There are switchbacks. There are sidesteps. There are roadblocks. A gritty, successful person knows that perseverance is the only way up. And that, and even when they are challenged with a setback, when a goal that they want to reach doesn't happen, they don't meet their goal or something got in their way, guess what? They are turning around and they are finding another way up that mountain. And please do not get me started on the more customers bit. They think that as long as they get more customers, they will make more money, but it's 100% not true. First off, if you only focus on acquiring new customers, you will fail so hard. And it's not just about getting customers. It's about retaining them. It's about nurturing them, creating a community for them, gaining them as repeat customers. And the ultimate goal, the most amazing goal that every business wants is to have them become evangelists, little PR machines. You want every single person who comes to your way to scream to the rooftops that your product or service is freaking awesome. 
What we need to do is we need to get over our fear. And the only way that I know how to do that is to look straight in the eye and say, I see you, but it's okay because I have a plan A, I have a plan B, I have a plan even I have a plan C if this fails. Okay, so I think it's time for me to tell you a little bit about me and where I come from. So when I was 11 years old, my father died at the age of 36, but he had been battling cancer for about five years. And so that made me just six when he was diagnosed. And I knew all along that he wouldn't survive. It was kind of, it was like family knowledge. And I was a smart kid. And I remember about a month before he died, mind you, I was about 10 years old. I was lying in my bed trying to fall asleep and I couldn't. Because I had like, I I guess I was having a panic attack. Like I was just having a tremendous amount of anxiety. And I was thinking about all the things that he would miss. My bat mitzvah, my graduation, my wedding, my children. And I literally sat there and I was trying to like just calm myself. So I literally faced every single bad thing that would happen because of his death. Like right there. I laid it out in gory detail. And I thought to myself... And I remember this so clearly. I said to myself, Abby, this is happening. Okay, imagine, I'm 10 years old, but I said this to myself. Abby, this is happening. You can't change it. So what are you going to do about it? What I'm telling you is probably sad, like really sad. And I could cry. And maybe you're crying right now. And I could stay on my stoop all day. And I could never get up. And I could feel sorry for myself for the rest of my life. Or I could say to myself, despite all the bad things that happened to me, I am going to make my, I'm going to make something of myself. I am going to do this despite all of the bad things that happened to me. And I know that every single person out there has their peckle. Everybody, even if you have two parents that raised you and loved you, there's other things. Everyone has their season. Everybody is going through something in their life, but it's what we make of it. It's, it's not making excuses It's getting up and saying, despite all the things that happened to me, I am still going to go out there and I'm going to live my life. And that is my mission to today. Meaning I am living my life. I am here for a purpose. And I feel like all of the things that I went through in my own company with all of my struggles, I was a teacher for 15 years prior to starting my company. And I feel like I went through all of that every single thing that I went through so that I could come and I can teach more women how to run successful businesses. Because if I can mitigate anyone's loss, if I could help them with my own experiences, that is everything to me. Everything. This was a skill that I had to learn at a very young age. And that's how I tackle every single hurdle that comes my way. I stare it straight in the face And I lay it out at least five things that could go wrong. And then I come up with a solution for each of them. But I do want to tell you that sometimes even I can get into my own head. And we must, must, must harness a higher power. So I want to tell you a story. um, And it's a great story, if I do say so myself. But it was the day before my first trade show. Now, I need to just paint a picture for you. I was four years into my company. I had about... 12 stores that I was actively selling to, I decided I would showcase at New York Now, which is one of the biggest trade shows in the tabletop industry. I was the only Orthodox Jew woman showcasing. And if you were Jewish, 
in the tabletop industry, you were a Hasidic male. So no one who looked like me was displaying. And I had put $10,000 of my own money from EPI, from that original uh, uh, loan that they had given me, to show um, to show at this at the show. And I was literally freaking out. Freaking out. I was so nervous. And I am embarrassed to say that I was spiraling out of control. And I really took out my fear on my husband and my children. And so my husband finally sat down and he turned to me and he said, okay, what in the world are you afraid of? Like, seriously, what are you afraid of? And why are you acting this way? Um, and I just want to say that, like, call Hakavo to my husband. Like, he didn't start screaming at me. He didn't say, like, he didn't start nitpicking. He didn't shame me. He basically just said, like, what are you afraid of? He knew exactly what was going on in my mind. And I said, what am I afraid of? What if all of my efforts are a waste? What if no one comes to my booth? What if people won't come to me because I look Jewish? What if I'm laughed at? What if all of the money that we just put in that we got this loan for, like it just backfires and we don't make anything out of it? What then? And you know, he said, he turned to me and he said, if you're this scared, you should have been this scared on Rosh Hashanah because that's when all of this was decided. There is no, there is, Hashem decided how much you're going to make, how much your business is going to make this year. And if you're going to make it at the trade show, then great. And if not, not, but it doesn't matter because everything was already decided. So you should have been davening then. Like, you know, you've done your hishtad list. I know you, you have a plan for A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, you know, like all the Z's. You, you've got it, Abby. So your last stitch is your hishtad list. So now what you're going to do, you have everything like lined up ducks in a row. So just go and kill it. And so that's what I'm going to tell you now, guys, you have what it takes. Just get in there. Hashem's got you. And I think that that's where we're going to leave it tonight, because at the end of the day, we can only do as much as we can. And we sometimes have to tap into a higher power. And I just want to say that that really calmed me down and I know it'll calm you down. And just as an ending, just so that if you want to know what happened, I ended up kill it, killing it at that show. We ended up doing about $28,000 in sales. So I made back my money in spades and I was later able to grow my company to about 100 accounts throughout the United States and Canada. Well, even Panama and London and Israel. So I guess you could say that I became a national, a national company. So thank you again. I had a really good time, you know, doing my first ever podcast. Thank you for listening tonight. And I really hope you enjoyed. And I'm looking forward to coming back next week to another entrepreneurial class on the art of doing business. Till next time.